Hey everyone, welcome to episode number 16 of the Lift Free and Diet Hard podcast. The last time I had Luca Hosevar on here, it was called <laughs> The Fitness Devil and Dean Guido was with me. But uh, anyway, I'm your host, Andrew Coates, and it's great to have Luca back. Uh, you'll usually hear me talk maybe about 40% of the air in any given episode. That's going to go way down this episode because Luca's just going to be Luca. And if you're not <laughs> familiar with Luca yet, you know he's one of my favorite people I plug into for you know, motivation. We all seek a little bit of motivation, but Luca is kind of famous for hard work, hustle, and we'll get more into that topic on this episode, but he's the owner of Vigor Ground. That's in Renton, Washington, just outside of Seattle. He has his own podcast, the Vigor Life Podcast, and you have Yo, the, what's exactly? Yo, Yo, the Business and Fitness Podcast. Yo, the Business and Fitness Podcast with Steve Krebs. And then uh, you are a very prolific content creator, uh, and a passionate coach still in the trenches. You recently had a post about that. I'm coming back to that. And you also host the Vigor Ground Fitness and Business Summit, which I went to in 2017, which was a blast. I was hoping that uh, we could have pulled it off this year, but I guess uh, you oh. did virtually and no way to get down, even if you had from uh, Canada to the US during all this stuff. But, uh, you know, first of all, I'll just throw it out there. Is there anything about how you've gone about the last few months that you felt was helpful that you wanted to share hmm. i mean as, as far as principles i guess as far as the principles of operating uh, i think this is something that you always use to overcome adversity i mean because you could you know fill in the blank right like i mean bro like let's fill in the blank of you know whether it's this COVID situation uh whether it's uh whether it's divorce whether it's you know death whether it's uh business failure bankruptcy injury i mean Right. It, now, certain certain levels are, are different. Some are more, I guess, traumatic, bigger obstacles, whatever it may be. But I think the principles of how we we respond to it um, tend to be similar, you know. And the faster, and I think a lot of it is, I, you know, it's funny that we're, we're talking about Seth Godin's book, book, and but I'm going to talk a lot about things like practice, you know, practicing. Like you don't just wake up one day, read one book, figure, you know, go like, oh, now I've if, I've learned how to deal with, you know, trauma or obstacles and adversity better. Right. I mean, it's it's a process just like if, you know, you, you're pretty good with your right hand dribbling the basketball, but you don't really use your left hand. You're not you're not going to go in the gym for two hours, lift, dribble with your left hand next game. You know, you're crossing people over in and out and shooting like hook shots, Jabbar style you know, I'm going four for five, like that's not how it works, right? You're going to spend months and months and months and months doing that. And, you know, and then somebody's going to go like, oh man, you've been working on your left hand. Oh, I like that little hook shot. Like it, it's the same thing when it comes to, you know, adversity. It, it's, it's like you deal with it and then you learn how to deal with it better. Now, how, how do you do that? You either, I mean, that's why for, for me, obviously reading has been a, you know, huge kind of, uh, I said, look, I, I, teacher like think about all the teachers from books right like there i was a student to these people that have overcome a ton of adversity and kind of got the behind their eyes of how they did it how they overcame it you know so whether it was principles strategies methods whatever else and then the next time it comes up you use one of them or a couple of them and you go like oh shit okay this did help me out or this frame of mind did uh, you know was useful and so, so that's one of them, obviously, probably the best one is your, your mentors and, you know, your tribe. I think that's absolutely one of the best. Cause it's like, if you, you know, learn from people been there, done that, the wisdom, but you know, you get that, 
kind of like face-to-face full contact kind of coaching and accountability, I think that's even better. Um, you know, and the next time you come around, you do it a little bit better. It's like you go and practice and then you come back to the real world and you have to apply it in the real world and you reflect and you go practice, right? It's, it's that four-prong approach, right? It's like learn, apply, reflect, course correct. And it's like forever. That's forever. And then you repeat it, right? You're going to learn it. You're going to apply it. And then once you, I think the, the third step is what people miss a lot, you know, is they, they, they miss reflection. What worked, what didn't work? How can I do this better? So on and so forth, you know, and then course correcting. Um, and that's, you know, and, and one of the things that as far as, look, I get pissed off, man. There's, there's stuff that's happened, that's happening uh, right now that's probably going to happen in the coming months that is just so far, you know, out of our control. But, you know, I'm not like they're floating in the air, Zen, you know, Zen Buddhism style and like completely unaffected by it, right? Um, I get pissed off. I, I got to call my boxing coach, have a boxing session, do, you know, do some wild shit. And, but then the thing is, is that the, the distance or the gap between, you know, that frustration and then getting back to doing work, focused work that takes me in the direction I want, that gap over the years has just gotten narrower and narrower and narrower. narrower right? For some people, that gap is months, a lifetime. You know, sometimes it's weeks or days. For me now, it's like most of the time, it's maybe hours, you know, sometimes minutes, you know, it's like, you, you're like, okay, well, look, being frustrated and pissed off. Let me feel what I feel. Let me, let me not, let me not bury it, but then let me get back to work, you know? And, and it, it's definitely, uh, I think that the important factor is, is to ask people, how much time are you spending actually practicing that? Right? Like people want to get better at it, but it's like, okay, cool. Um, well, was the last time you, you spent practicing that? And we're like, uh, uh, I don't know. It's the same thing with sales. I just, I just got off with uh, doing my, my brother has kind of a coaching mentorship in, in Slovenia. And so I have all these Slovenian coaches and, you know, they're asking about how to generate leads, improve business, this persuasion, so on and so forth. And, you know, I just stopped and said, hey, listen, okay. Uh, you know, I asked him by name. Okay, how, how long, you know, how long are you studying sales every, every week? And you just kind of see the eyes rolling like, oh, I'm like, well, you're not, none of you are. So how the hell are you going to get better at sales if you don't actually study and reflect? Like, so for instance, learn something, next strategy session, consultation, you apply that thing that you learn and then go back and reflect. It's like, oh man, that was better. Or this didn't work. Or, hey, I interrupted that person over here. Uh, I didn't pause. I didn't ask the A, B question, right? Like that's the only way to get better. But you can't, you can't be telling me like, man, I really want to be great at this. And you're telling me that like this month, basically you did no scheduled training on sales or you did no scheduled training on how to overcome adversity and, and do, ex- I mean, there's exercises that you can do. I mean, right. Like it's like, there's so many different things that, that you can put into play, but you're not going to improve at it. Oh, you want to get better at anatomy? Okay, great. When's the last time you picked up an anatomy book, right? It's, I mean, that's like kind of the one-on-one of shit, right? <laughs> but It's like. You know, we're going to talk lots about that book, The Practice, right? It's the, right at the beginning. It's the how to draw an owl diagram. Anyone who's read it will know what we're talking about. It says draw two circle ovals and a line. And then step two is you draw the owl. And it's sort of this analogy for how people want to <clears throat> do something very basic. And then they want to be great at the end process without taking all the practice steps along the way to put in the work and the time. And it's, it's, it is exactly that, right? There's... There is different ways. There's a book called Rituals um, 
and I don't know if you've read it, but it's like rituals of different people from J.K. Rowling to uh, Mandela to like, I mean, it's very different people. And, and the thing is in very different rituals, right? Like it's, uh, you know, because we live in a world right now where you hear a lot of this, like you got to wake up in the morning, you got you to have seven rituals to get you the power and, you know, all this stuff. And, and here, like, here's the thing. If that's what works for you, cool. Like, that's fine. Um, you know, I've, I, I had a tough time, even when I was like in Wake Up Warrior movement, I had a tough time going through all these things. Now, I do have some things that work for me in the morning, right? Um, but I like to get going, man. Like, I, I like to not do that much and then hit the ground running and work. And, you know, when I started reading, this was actually Nate Green recommended to me. Uh, this is a long time ago. I read it probably like five, six years ago. And I was like, wow, look at all these people that are, you know, huge success in their field. And their rituals couldn't be any more different. Some are as wacky as can be, right? But one of the things that they had, that line that was drawn that like would basically connect them all is that they did have a ritual and that they did intentionally develop it, right? They figured out like, oh, this is working for me. Well, listen up, let me double down on this. Let me triple down on this, right? So the reality is that that, that is in place and you got to, you, you know, and you got to learn from success know that it can look different but you can't just you know like leave it to chance and, and pretend like shit's gonna get better there's no way like you can't not plan you know it's a it's like that 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 quote it's like plans don't always work but planning does right and and that's very very true and i noticed that people really don't plan much they don't plan their days they don't plan their mornings they don't plan their you know their their quarters and their their businesses they don't have a vision they don't constantly you know, go back to that vision and, and create a path and a plan. And because of that, it's like, you know, Alice in Wonderland, right? When Alice comes and asks the, the cat, like, hey, which way do I go? It's like, well, where are you going? She says, I don't know. Well, shit, then any road will take you there, right? Like, you know, it's, it's like if you don't have a clear target and a clear vision, you start doing all types of work. And then you're like, man, uh, you know, I don't know why I'm so unproductive or, or I'm so busy, but things aren't moving in the right direction. But it's like, what direction? Where, where are you going? It's like training programs, man. Like, right. Uh, I, I've, I've seen shit like where people are improving, but it's not even where they want to go. Right. But they didn't have a clear target and they go like, man, I'm building a lot of muscle, but it's like, I don't want, I don't want that. It's like, okay, well shit, let's take a step back and like, look at the, which target we're shooting at. Right. You got to see which target you're shooting at. And no, no matter where you are in life, whether it's like I said, you know, you're, mental health, emotional health, physical health, your business, your finances, your, right. It doesn't matter. Like you, you, you can't just kind of wallow along and think that shit is going to align. And, and I see it all the time. And it happens, look, it happens probably with, with you too. It happens with me, right. Where I'm like, hold up, hold up, hold up. Let me, let me look at my day. Like, this is what's really important. But then I look at my day and it's like, this shit isn't aligned. Right. I'm, you have to constantly keep coming back to, you know, just had Chris Duffin on same thing. We're talking about like having to constantly check, are you on the right track? Cause it, cause it's really easy to veer off. You know, it's like, it's really, I, 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 the analogy of the airplane on a runway, you know, it's, it's a foot to the left. You don't really notice it. It's a big ass airplane. You're not going to notice a foot to the left, but it flies for 10 hours and lands in a different damn country. <laughs> cause that foot, right. gets compounded. And that's like, you know, in, in coaching, I talk about to my coaches about this, right? Like, you know, well, you've been in industry for years, right? And then all of a sudden you come in a little bit later, you're a little less sharp, a little more unprepared, your energy's not as great. And, but it's so little that it's unnoticeable. Even to clients, it's unnoticeable. 
But what's happening is there's the law of the slight edge. And instead of going up, it's going a little bit down. And six months later, it's like, man, I don't have the same coach. You're not, you know, you're not on time anymore. You don't have that great energy. And then it's like, oh, I don't know what's going on with my career. It's like, well, shit, <laughs> law of the slight edge. I love that slight edge uh, mention too, because that's one of my favorite books. It's such a sinful concept, but it works the other way. You know, if you gradually, incrementally do something to make you just a little bit better every single damn day, that compounds over time. And you don't notice it's like weight loss, right? You look in the mirror day, one day to the next, you don't notice the difference, but and it comes back to the practice, the process of doing the behavior every single day. It's about focusing on a behavioral goal versus the outcome. It adds up over time to the outcome that you want. And check this out. So this, I, you, you brought up this point where it's like, I was just talking about this. I feel like it's relevant to, to, to share. So, you know, over, over time, um, I'm going to use YouTube as an example, right? Like I've been YouTubing, I think 13 years. Now the first five were pretty much like, you know, look, I look, I lift weights, right? Like uh, basically, I, you know, I, I didn't even have like the tons of confidence, I guess, to be preaching too much. So I think I think I put out, because remember 13 years ago, we're talking about flip cams, right? So that's the other part of it too. Uh, the quality of videos, whatever, but it doesn't matter. You know, we talk about the process. I was like, look, I'm going to shoot some stuff that I think is pretty cool. I don't know if other people are doing, like, I don't want to talk about it too much, but I'm just going <laughs> to show myself training, you know? And it got a little bit of kind of traction, but it was never meant to be like, I never sat down and said, Hey, I'm going to be a YouTuber. This is going to be the thing I make money with. It made sense to me. Like if I'm going to shoot videos, I might remember back then it was no Facebook, right? There was uh, no IG, there was none of that. So as you put on YouTube or a couple other platforms, but that made the most sense. And I could still shoot stuff and send it to clients and email if I needed to stuff like that. Right. So, you know, I, I go for about four or five years, pretty consistent. Then, um, especially on the gym side of things, like I was, you guys are crazy busy. And, and, um, I mean, it was busy before that, but then it was like managing the team and hire. I mean, it was just a lot of stuff going on. So I probably had about a two to three year kind of like hiatus. I posted some stuff, but really not much. Right. And then for the last five years, uh, maybe even a little bit more, but like about five years, I've been consistent. Now here's the thing. I made it a practice. I was like, look, this is what I'm gonna do with YouTube. I'm just going to post everything that I do. If it's a podcast and this video, I'm gonna post it. If it's a short video, I'll post it. If it's a long video, I'll post it. If it's a, if it's like a, a educational hour long, you know, vlog, I'll post that. I'll just post everything. And I did. And over time, I didn't really even pay attention to it until it hit like 10,000 subscribers, right? And I was like, oh, so then I did a little research and it's like, oh, like well, majority of people never get to 10,000 because YouTube is a very like, uh, you know, you get a little bit of raise at the beginning and then it drops off and then there's this long kind of bottom and then it kind of starts coming back up. So yeah, you really have to be consistent with it. like that. I mean, that's the name of the quality and consistency It's the name of the game. Right. And I'm like, oh, shit, look, I'm at 10,000. Right. And then I was like, oh, wow, I got my first million views and it took like 10 years. Right. It's like. And, but, but I kept doing the same thing, except that the frequency and consistency increased, right? I was able to, because of this little sucker right here and just getting better at time management productive. Cause I, I had in the last five years, I've had more things going on than ever, but it became a habit. Creativity is a habit. It became a habit, kept doing it, kept going. And it just kept growing, 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 growing to a degree where, you know, it hit like, it's, it's about to hit 65,000 subscribers, which is a lot considering it's a lot period but it's a lot considering that i've 
done zero optimization on it, right? Uh, and I've just finally last week hired somebody to help me out with that, this, that, the other. And now there's some really good stuff happening from it, you know, monetization and blah, 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 blah. Now, my whole point is this, okay? And that took a pretty good chunk of time. But I'm telling coaches today, people in general today, the stuff that you do today, like you're going to see some nice benefits a year from now, but then like some really good stuff like three years from now, four years from now, right? And, but, but the thing is, is like, it's compounding. It's like everybody understands compounding in finances, right? But you never talk about compounding in health. You don't ever talk about compounding when it comes to branding, when it comes to like, you know, cause you, you hit a good video, it doesn't stop being viewed. It keeps getting viewed. And a lot of times more and more and more and more, right? It's always there. You create a piece of blog content, you create a podcast. Like these are things that are valuable assets, right? They continue to get compounded. So what, what that means is that like you really got, and I know what, like, listen, whoever's listening to this is like, you've heard this shit before over and over and over again. And I'm completely fine coming on this podcast a hundred more times. And you're going to hear me say this shit again. Hopefully I'll brainwash you into understanding this, that it, it is about like loving the process. It's like Kobe said, man, the dream is the work. And, and it's such a nice thing that happens when it like you know late, at a certain point in time you kind of hit the tipping point where the snowball becomes big enough and it starts rolling bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger but every every time you break that kind of compounding effect you know it's kind of like i would say to a certain degree not not fully but to a certain degree what happens when you you know take money out of your 401k like it smashes it back down and then you gotta start again right like so being able to like create these habits that are creative is a game changer right and remember too like i'm just talking about one thing which might be monetization but now there's about to be 10 million views uh you know two three thousand subscribers new per month organically a lot of people you know getting tons of value and then finding other ways to either reach out or or, or work with us or know the name or whatever right it's collateral branding Everything that, you know, like coaches are like, I want more of this. Great, right? Create a, create a creative habit. And whether that's like lead generation, whether it's creating content videos or blogs or podcasts, right? And just focus on the process and the quality of it. And not like, okay, great. I've been doing this for three weeks. Uh, where's the flood, flood of leads coming in? Uh, where's the 10 people trying to, uh, you know, pay me for influencing, right? It's, it's, and that's the magic, right? That, that's the secret and that's the magic of it all uh, is how do you really kind of outline your days, your weeks and your months to where it's like brushing your teeth. You know what I mean? Like, and that's what a lot of it is for me. It, it, it's, you know, today, this is honestly, this is my, my third podcast. And I had, a, um, like I said, I had a little mentorship call for my brother, my brother's group. And that's, you know, six hours on, on you know, on Zoom. And I'm honestly, look, I, I don't get tired. I guess I'm so into this stuff that like, you know, if, if you give me a time, I show up and I do the work, right? Uh, with videos, a lot of times, you know, I'd have my video people be like, this is the time we meet up. This is when we shoot, right? Like it's in my schedule, right? People don't put important things in their schedule. And it's, you know, it's, it's like, what are the two most important things in the world? Like you're watching your wallet. You know what I mean? Where you put your time and energy and money, that's where you're going to see success. You know what I mean? You, you put it into, uh, like I said, your health. Okay, great. That's going to get better. You put it into your business and marketing and sales. That's going to get better. You put it into your team. That's going to get better. 
you put it into, you know, liquor, you'll get better at that. You know what I'm saying? You get more out of shape. Like you put it into food or sedation or drug, like, right? Like you put it into complaining. No matter where you put that, like the money and, and the time and energy, that stuff is going to see results. Now, the results might not be the shit that you want or you say that you want, but that's what's going to be. And, and I still think to this day, because I, I have to constantly do it, right? I have to reanalyze my days and go like, whoa, 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 whoa. How did, you know, how the fuck did this sneak in? <laughs> what the hell? Like, man, that's like three hours a week, four hours a week that snuck in where I'm doing stuff that like really is not leading me to where I want to go. And every person in that's like, I have these conversations, you know, with our, with our uh, coaching clients and business. And it's like, you know, they almost roll their eyes. But then once we, we look at their, what they're doing, they're like, oh, shit. Like, man, there's so many hours in the week. Oh, why, why am I spending all this energy on this thing that doesn't move the dial on anything? Right? Holy crap. I've stopped working out myself and I'm out of shape and my energy's low. And that's why I feel like crap. My confidence has dropped. But then I look at my week and it's like, I'm only spending two hours, if that, on my fitness, right? You start, man, watching your wallet, boom. You, you zoom in and you, you start realizing like, there's your answer, right? And it's all the process. And, you know, fitness for me has never been negotiable, right? It's something that I always make sure the time is set up for. I've got the philosophy that I plan to work out every day instead of planning days off because life will throw a day off at you every, you know, once in a while. So I plan the workout. And that's important. And then, you know, one of the things that I think goes into this compound effect we're talking about is also relationships. You are where you are because you put a lot of energy out into the world, but you create a lot of relationships. You are close with a lot of powerful people by doing positive things for them and engaging with them and supporting them. Your Eric Cressy's, your John Berardi's, you know, your Alan Cosgrove's and many others, Martin Rooney. And you're here on this podcast because I chose to you know, I saw an ad for your conference back in 2017. And I was like, fuck, I got to go to that. There's a whole bunch of people that I like, a few that I know, like Pete and Pui, who are all speaking. I love Adam Bornstein. I love Brett Bartholomew. You know, I got to go see this thing. And sure enough, I had an amazing time. I made friends from it. I still interact with all the time. You put that effort into those relationships, it pays off. All the cool shit that's going on in my career, that's relationships that have compounded over time. Right? This podcast is a product and, and it creates more. You know, writing for Tunisia, which we got to talk a little bit about off air because that project I sent you, you know, that's because this podcast and c- connected up with someone at Tunisia, Danny Sugar, who asked me to come write for them a couple years ago. And now that's been a regular thing, right? So that's, uh, I think, I'm glad you brought that up. yeah, no, I'm glad you brought that up because uh, to be honest, like it, it might be, I mean, I use YouTube as an example, uh, but to, you know, it's, it's so less so much less important than what you brought up, which is relationships, which I would probably not probably I'd, I'd say is the most important thing. The most important thing, not even just career wise, just, you know, just fulfillment in life. I mean, it's the shit that really matters. Right. Um, but that's exactly uh, I, I feel like when you talk about watching wallet and somebody go like, well, what do you mean watching wallet? Like, how do you invest money in a relationship? Well, OK, let me give you some examples real quick. Right. First of all, some of my. My business partner, Steve Krebs, we met in a mastermind, created a business that, you know, he's become one of my best friends, but we've also built a whole business off of it, right? What's the ROI on that? Priceless. I forget about money. Like, it's priceless, right? Um, you know, because that, if we didn't do that business, we probably wouldn't go into the event business for at, at that point in time. They probably, you know, who knows if there'd be a bigger summit, which I ended up taking over and whatnot. 
But then you look at, you know, where did I meet Jay Ferruja initially at an event, right? You look at like, where did I meet Martin Rooney? I went to, you know, Ryan Lee's bootcamp 13, 14 years ago and then drove from Connecticut to Jersey, walked in there. That cost money. The flight cost money. The event cost money. The, like every single one of those, you know, there was people that like I continue to do this, but um, they launched books and I'm like, hey, I want to support your book. I'll buy a hundred or 200 or it's the way I connected with Gary Vee. You know, it's, it's, it's one of those things that like, yes, sometimes that's what, you know, to, to get there, that's what you got to do. You got to invest money and time also to do that. You know, I went to, I mean, this is, this is a real number. It sounds kind of wacky, but you know, in the last 15 years, I've been to 247, I think I got to mark down a live events. Um, that's a, you know, crazy number, but it was at the beginning is like, people would just see me frequently. You know, we, we talk about the proximity and the like formula, you know, it's just like, you see me everywhere. It's like, I remember uh, first time Alan was like, sure, let's go to lunch, right? It's like, you see like three events in a row. Why are you all the events? I'm like, man, I'm trying to be the best. Like I'm learning, right? That's, that's how it happens. But that takes, you know, you're investing your time, you're investing your money, you're investing your energy. Um, not to mention that, you know, over time, I really started, I, I always started believing in like, if, if you invest in people, right, we do in staffs, um, and to bring somebody for half a day, you know, big names, it's a good chunk of money, especially when, you know, I, I, it wasn't like we we're balling out of control. I was just like, you know what, I'm going to invest in that. And then that person would come for a half a day in staff, take them to lunch, take them to dinner, build this relationship. They'd always be thankful that somebody's investing into them. So I'm investing in a team. I'm investing now in that person. And I build a relationship with that person way faster than, you know, if you, if you, DM them or email them like, Hey man, like you want to get on the phone or right? it's the different people are busy. So especially if they're very, very, very good at what they do. And so that cuts through. And so, you know, creating investments like that now, then at a certain point in time, you know, when you compound it is that a person now introduces you to some other person quickly. So what took you the first five years to get to know, I get to know five times that in the weekend. Right. And these are the relationships, whether it's like bringing speakers out, whether it's getting people to collaborate with, bringing them on a podcast, you know, we could do a hundred different examples. But to me, more importantly than all of that is that like, these people are some of my best friends in the world. And there's no, you know, it's like Gary Vee says, Hey, what's the return on investment on your mom? It's, it's priceless, right? Like, you don't, you don't look at it like that. You go, same thing. Like what's the return on investment for the, you know, the friendships that I have, that I have with these people It's priceless. Like it's, it's, it's joy, it's happiness. Yes, it's also, you know, opens up the doors for opportunities and business and all these other things. But to me, those are honestly secondary to, you know, just the relationships and the quality of those relationships uh, more so than anything. And you, and you got to be deliberate about that. And I'm thankful that, you know, I kind of, it clicked for me. And, to, you know, it was like, you know, also books helped me make that click. You know, it's like Keith Ferrazzi's Never Eat Alone. And like, you know, and I'm like, oh man, like I gotta, I gotta, I gotta put this into play. You know, like I can't be sitting here and going, hey, I really want to build these relationships, and then not taking action on it. So the next steps made sense: go to events, meet people, uh, invest in their stuff, right? Because if I invest in their stuff, as soon as I meet them, hey man, listen, building the fish and the athlete, man, what a great you know DVD set, whatever, right? Like, um, oh wow, you got it, yeah, I did. It was great, actually. Matter of fact, I got all of your products. Different conversation. Right. So, and of course I would get them because they'd help me be better, but it's also like, I know if, if I meet somebody and they're like, 
hey, listen, I invested in Vicky Brown Virtual Summit. Like, oh, man, thank you so much, man. I appreciate that. How did you like, right? Like, I'm not going to be like, okay, cool. <laughs> like, this, this, unless you're a dickhead, like, you're not doing that, right? So um, it, it's, it's really, we keep coming back to this thing about, you know, essentially life by design and business by design. And, you know, it's not what you do, it's who you become and who you become. Like, you got to start taking actions and behaviors that align with that all the time. Like not just sometimes, Oh, I went, went to one event seven years ago. It was great. <laughs> like, okay. Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't maybe consider you to be a learner. I read, read a couple of books in the last six years. Okay. I don't, I don't think you'd consider yourself a reader. Yeah. Like I've had a similar experience, not the scale you have with going to events. Right. I went down to um, an ISSN thing in Dallas a couple of years ago and I met Lincoln Norton and, uh, Joey Antonio from the ISSN. And so then, you know, one of the many events that was supposed to go here in Edmonton, like Alberta, right? It's a little off the map uh, in terms of the U.S. stuff. Joey was going to put on an ISSN thing this year. He came to me to, you know, to help with some of like the initial organization stuff. John Russin, who I met at your event and who's been on my podcast, he reached out to me to set the groundwork for uh, one of his team, Logan Dubay, who I think you met, I think Logan was down at uh, Vigor uh, not too long ago, as one of his Canadian uh, person. And so Logan came in and did a great presentation uh, for two days, just like last week, just before the restrictions are starting to come in. And I had Nick Tuminello ask me, because I've hung out with him before at events, to add a day on to something he was coming up here for anyway. And then Dean Somerset and I have our conference and unfortunately, we had to cancel this one, but we were bringing in Christian Thibodeau and Jordan Syatt and John Goodman and Lee Boyce again this time and Brian Cron. And all these are relationships through the industry, Sam Spinelli, right? And the fact that this stuff is all, I'm able to bring that stuff into Edmonton, Alberta. Plus, you know, I'm tight with Mike Isertel. A friend of mine brings Mike and his team here every year. So I pump that and try to share that around as much as I can. And all these people in Edmonton and Calgary, which we don't otherwise get this stuff up here. All of a sudden, those people I've met through these events and become friends with or I know from years in the industry, they're getting to come and see all these great minds here in a little backwater place as far as North American fitness goes, right? But it's actually a big thing here. Hell yeah. But the thing, like, the thing that you're also bringing up, that there's a price to pay. You know what I mean? Like there's a price to pay. Like, this is where I want people to understand, though. You know, like man, I look at my, you know, there's a lot of things. When I played ball, right, there was a, like – I loved it, but there was a price to pay, man. You know, like when other when other kids go play, I'm practicing. You know, the school's out. I got two a days. You know what I mean? Like, in in the rest of the time, like I mean, yes, I'm still spending some time with friends, but a lot less. Oh, you guys are going on vacations? I'm not. Right? Like, for years and years and years, there's a price to pay, right? But then somebody once you do something cool, it's like, oh, it must be nice, <laughs> right? So the same thing. It's like man, I can't believe you get that. Ah, 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 ah. It's like, but man, there was a price to pay. You know, it's like where all this money that I was making when I was kind of like still broke too, was like, it was going towards this. I, I was married and I was like, Hey, like we got to, you know, I'm taking this money and putting it here. Cause I feel like it's important. We can't travel and we can only go to the movies once every two weeks to once a month. And we, right. Like price to pay. And it's like, Oh, 16 hour days price to pay. Right. And, um, and not to say that you have to do this, but I'm, I'm saying that there's always a price to pay for every single thing. And you have to decide which struggle you're going to choose. That's it. You know, like it, there's a struggle to everything. There's just like, listen, if you're going to sit on the couch, watch Netflix all day long, you're going to struggle with stuff, low energy, pain. Not that nine to five. You don't shut it off at five o'clock and go home. 
Not in our world. Not if you want to do that. No, and not if you want. I mean, and, and here's the thing. Not, certainly not at the beginning. And let's, let's get clear what the beginning is, by the way, right? First five years, right? It's like, I don't need anything less than that. Like, I, we're not even... Uh, I mean, I, there's examples of people like, yeah, man, I've been in the streets, so I went online, you know, it's like, man, like part-time, like three years, four years. I mean, that's, you know, and I heard Don Saladino talk. And he's like, man, the first 10 years, I did 60 hours of one-on-one per week, you know? And now look, here, here's the thing. I tell my coaches the same thing. I don't want you to have to do what I did, right? But if you want to be great, like if you want to, if, if, if I ask you, like, how good do you want to be? Like, man, I want to be like top 1%, top 5%, top 3%, right? I'm like, okay, like, especially at the beginning, like, yes, you know, 50 came out, actually 50s Curtis Jackson came out with a book. It's called Hustle Harder, Hustle Smarter, right? I love 50, so for, for a number of different reasons, but, uh, you know, it's, it's like when I was growing up in Juco, like 50 just dropped him. But man, he's a very, very, he's reinvented himself. He's a very, very smart individual. Actually, great book, by the way, way better than I thought it would be. Um, and tells a lot of really great lessons, great stories about it. But it's kind of like this. You do, you got to hustle harder and you got to hustle smarter. But guess what? Hustle harder comes first. Because if you don't learn what hard work is, how are you going to even get to a point where you go like, oh, listen, this can be done better, right? Do I think that you should just work harder to just work harder? No, of course not. Like there's got to be a result from that, right? Um, I don't know where I heard this concept first. Maybe it was Alan, maybe it was PN. I'm not, I'm not sure. But this con- have you heard of the concept of easy, difficult, and difficult, difficult? It sounds familiar. So this will, this will be a good lesson, I think, for everybody, because you got to ask yourself, like, I hope that when people listen to it's an episode which you get something from it, like hopefully something punches you in the gut and you're like, ah, I hate this looking fucking guy. Great. Probably, probably poked you in the right the right in, in the right area. Right. But the concept of easy, difficult and difficult, difficult goes like this. Um, you know, I've, I've done a lot of one example would be I've, I've trained with a lot of, and, and done a lot of one of my hobbies has been martial arts, you know everything from jujitsu to kickboxing to karate to uh, BJJ and boxing for the last couple of years. I've been really hardcore into boxing. I think I'm going to keep that for the rest of my life now. Um, and I've, I've trained a lot of high level, uh, I'd say UFC fighters. And to them, like, look, you know, going in the octagon doesn't necessarily uh, become easy, but it's easy, difficult after a while, right? It's, it's difficult, but you've done it before. I'll tell you what's easy, difficult for me, training hard. That's, that's, it's it, like easy, difficult. Like I'm so trained and training hard that it's like, it's easy, difficult. You know what might be a difficult, difficult thing for me? Saying no. I say yes too much, right? Like I've gotten better at this, right? So, but the thing is what's, you know, what what's uh, for some people difficult, difficult might be getting consistent with fitness. Uh, for some people, difficult, difficult might be asking for help. Asking for help, right? They're savages in whatever area, but then, Asking for help, man, that's a tough thing to do. So what is your difficult, difficult? Because that's the one usually that's going to that's gonna move you forward, that's going to take you forward. And, you know, it, and it's the same thing as like, hey, if I give you, you know, a shovel and I go like, here, here's this concrete, dude. I want to make you dig a 20-foot hole. Like, is that going to be hard? Yeah, for sure it's going to be hard. But is it going to get you anywhere? No. Right? Like, there's people that are working on production lines. They work their ass off, man. They work hard. I come from socialism, communism. I grew up, you know, blue collar, man, like hard work, but they don't get anywhere, right? So you, you, we got to understand these things, right? That they're, it's not one or the other, it's both, right? So, but at the same time, like, how do you get great at something? 
right? How do you get great at something if you don't put in the hours and deliberate practice? And how do you get ahead like that? You know, for me, it was like, I knew, okay, I have one, one thing that I know is my superpower, which is like, man, I can go, you know, like I can go longer. I can go, you know, than anybody. And for a while it was a strength and then it became a weakness because I connected results to longer, harder work, which is not always true. It's not always true. Right. Uh, and, but I'll tell you what though, I can always go back to, because like being very focused for like five hours is a lot harder than just floating in space and working and being busy for 15. Right. So you learn those things too. But, but the thing is the foundation is before you hustle smarter, you, you hustle harder, period. I'm going to throw two things in there real quick, two books, because I know you've read them both. You're talking about deliberate practice, deep work by Cal Newport. So anyone listening, you want to get into that shit, dive in there. And you mentioned about you finding it hard to say no. Essentialism, Greg McKeon, right? That's the book, two major concepts. You know, direct all your energy into the shit that matters most, you know, your, your key goals and family, and then learn how to fucking say no. For sure. And at the, on, on top of that one, I, I think that the book that really actually that tagline that really influenced me a long time ago was Cal Newport's book, you know, so be so good. They can't ignore you, which is, which is a Steve Martin quote. Um, and I, I really like, honestly, like I'm, I'm not shitting you, right. My career at the beginning of, of coaching, like I kept that in mind. I still have a little poster of that saying, it was just like, be so good. Like maybe there's a bunch of stuff that I don't know how to do. And I don't know how to, you know, back then email market, I don't know how to do this now. But like, man, I'm going to be so good that like, you won't be able to miss me. It's kind of like when some, some kid comes, you know, in a basketball court, like, Oh, where is that kid from? Listen, he's dropping 40 on you and crushing you. It won't matter. It won't matter. Cause you're going to be like, I can't ignore him. He's too good. Right. And the thing is the only way you do that is with deliberate practice with career capital. And the reality is, is like in the fitness industry, are you going to build a lot of, you know, career capital, capital and deliberate practice by coaching three, four hours a day on average, you know, uh, per, you know, four or five days a week answers. No, it's not. You're, you're not like, I don't give a shit. Like, because guess what you look at, you know, uh, I don't know, take any sport and, and see what the hours that these guys put in. I mean, I'll, you know, Russell Wilson is a guy that's, you know, he's a Seahawk. I'm a fan. I mean, obviously like home city and whatnot, man, but that dude, like, he trains 363 days a year, like literally. I mean, he is the, he is so committed to his practice as wild. It always has been. It's not just now, right? And you'll see it. Like, you'll see this thread of everybody that's great. You, you won't find anybody go like, right from the get-go, I was smarter, and I figured this shortcut out. You're not going to get it, right? It's, it's funny because uh, me and JB, Berardi, uh, had a conversation. This is years ago. I said, hey, listen, man. Like, now, like now where you're at, like, you, you got to be, you know, this is, this is your biggest muscle, right? It's like you're thinking, right? It's like when you think things through, like great things happen because you have a team and this, that, the other. But I was like, at the beginning of your career, could you get where you got without like these long hours and hard work? And because he, he's like, man, you know, I'd love to say today because I know all that I know that I could, but I don't think so. Right. That's the thing is that like today I can talk to you more about efficiency and effectiveness and productivity and all these different things but at the beginning man like it's like you get the hours in you stay focused and you get the hours in and you, and you get great at this stuff and it's you know part of the reason why i mean to me i'm i'm actually like at this point in time coaching more than i have in a long time and loving it and enjoying it um 
But it's also because there's this part of me that's like, I don't ever want to stop getting better at this craft, right? This, this is the craft that I love and man, I'm so into it. And like, I do a lot of stuff. I do, you know, I, there's, I mean, shit, like it's more, probably more than we could talk about on this podcast, but like, it, it's, it really like, I mean, I'm, you know, and, and this year has been an incredible year of like, I coach, you know, team training, I coach small group personal training, semi-private. Uh, I trained a whole bunch of Seahawks preseason, actually even a, a number of them now during the season. Um, I trained Trevor Bauer that passed off season. I mentioned Trevor Bauer, and he's quickly becoming, he's long, actually for a while been one of my true favorite Major League Baseball players. I love this guy and how he's just got this, I'm going to do what I want attitude, and he's fun to watch. I, I, I was cool. Like, real deal, man. He, you know, Trev is like, he, he's a he's a very, 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 very smart dude, by the way. You know, like, uh, he take he takes the science into the sport. Uh, number one, well, he knows what he wants, and like he's doing some really cool shit, like outside of sport and like collaborating it, like you know, with Watch Momentum. And he's got a basically media company. Uh, you know, baseball is notorious to not really, uh, actually culturally, baseball doesn't promote the players as much, and the players don't promote themselves as much, and kind of MLB doesn't necessarily even like it. That's why they find the shit out of you for 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 everything that you do. And, you know, he's like, look, I'm going to change that. And I mean, I obviously agree with it. Like if, if you're a big time player, you should create a platform. You should have a message. You should get sponsorships. You should. Right. So and he kind of really saw that white space there and is, is integrating both things. Um, I mean, there's a lot to be said about that. But you know, to me, it's awesome because just seeing him achieve, you know, going from last year, which was, you know, not not a not a good year uh, from injuries to this, that, the other. And, you know, to now, oh, yeah. like having the best year and, you know, getting, having the best year, Cy Young Award winner, uh, healthy, uh, you know, getting contract with lids and all this other stuff, you know, so I'm just, I couldn't be more happy for the guy, man. I, I love him to death. So um, can't wait to see what else is to come. And, and it's, for, for me, it's just been a, you know, I've trained a lot of athletes over the years, but it's like, I'm, I'm enjoying continuing to like learn, get better. You know, that four, that four prong approach I was saying, like learn, apply course, correct, reflect course, correct. Right. I mean, I'm still doing it and just keep constantly inching away at, you know, improving. And, and our value here is, you know, growth, get 1% better every day. And I look at that in every area. I go, okay, cool. How can I get 1% better every day at the training coaching aspect of it? How can I get 1% better every day at, you know, uh, the behind the scenes coaching, meaning behaviors, uh, the science of behavior change habits, all those different things. How can I get 1% better in the business aspect of it, right? Like I'm just inching away and in my days align with doing that, which means there's a practice to me, practice is like, or, or should I say there's a learning, learning phase, which is taking stuff in. And then there's a practice. I go on the floor and I actually do it. You know, I, I change the system. I, I improve the program design. I coach my team. I create the, you know, JV partnerships and yada, yada, yada. It's like, and I feel like that's the reason why I keep improving and, and will forever do so because it's, it's kind of like, you know, I can't watch games of basketball and never play it and get better. You know what I mean? Like, uh, and so I'm in the game, you know, and, and this is what I tell people, like, you got to be in the game. So you want to be in the game of the business, you got to be in the game. You know, you want to be in the game of coaching, you got to be in the game. Okay. I'm not judging anybody that's not, but if you want to be the best and continue improving these things, and you got to be on the floor and you got to take the hits and you got to, you know, sometimes you got to be shown that, hey, man, you lost your step and you got to get your shit together. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, 
like that's why I, you know I started playing ball again to be like all right like I still got it you know but it it because if if you if you don't real quick you're gonna know like oh man everybody's faster than me oh man I can't shoot anymore oh you know same thing here man like it's it, it and it's like um I spent a lot of time where where my mentors sometimes were like man you got to get out of the business work on the business work on the business um and I I realized they're like yeah but what if I love this right so of course there, there's a you know there's another part to it which is yeah like I, I want to be able to like you know go I, I speak a bunch and obviously pre-COVID times I travel a lot whether it's me presenting or it's me going to events or you know my family is is overseas and my parents aren't doing that great you know like I, I want to be obviously mobile if I have to be um and, and we have that covered because that's how you build a business and a team and everything else but why should I stop doing a thing that I love and if that thing is coaching that's wild okay maybe I'm not you know coaching 60 hours a week anymore right I can coach 10 or 15 or 12 or 8 or right like there's, there's no rules like you create your life man like you know so uh, you got to there's a price to pay but you can right I got so many hours in the day. And again, you wear many hats, right? Not only are you a coach on the floor, but you run a big business with a lot of employees. You have your business mentorship. You know, you have this, the projects like, you know, the podcast, which feeds into everything else. And, you know, if anybody follows your social media, and I really do encourage people do this, especially if they want to achieve something just to see the kind of lifestyle. You also do take the time for yourself. I mean, it was it every Sunday you go hang out with uh, your buddy, Joel Jameson at his gym and you do something there. Like you alluded to, you're going and doing your, your boxing now. And I've seen you uh, doing MMA stuff before. And, you know, you'll go off, uh, you know, to the mountains for a, a weekend uh, with, you know, Jay and, and, you know, all your friends. And you're always showing the dinners you're having with your tight crew, right? So there is a balance to it. You know, it, it looks glamorous at times. I don't think people through social media can necessarily see the, the feel, the grind. It's like watching an episode of a TV show you know, everything wraps up in an hour. And it feels real fast. Like law, legal <laughs> dramas, right? Lawyers' lives are the most unglamorous shit ever. The amount of time they just have to spend in the law library looking shit up. Fuck that crap. It looks glamorous, but there's just a ton of time in the trenches that isn't necessarily sexy. A, a ton. And I mean, I mean, I try to post, you know, uh, be like, all right, hey, I'm getting out of here. It's 11 something, you know, just yeah. to see. And that's the reality of, of a lot of it. But I do feel like, look, everybody finds their own kind of, rhythm so my rhythm you know currently like I, I don't you know i don't have a family i eventually do want to have a family um but for example so i can do certain things like for instance if i had you know a couple kids would i be going home at 11 no i wouldn't right like i'd be home earlier and i'd adjust my day and bust my ass the other way right like um i know that for me the way that things work especially right now is like when i'm in seattle i work really hard and, and a lot you know but then i like to take trips now this is just part of like where covid has been challenging because I average probably, you know, 15 trips to 20 trips a year. Now, it might be as a quick weekend in, in LA. It might be, I'm speaking here, I'm speaking there, you know, go home to Slovenia, take a trip somewhere internationally. Cause those were very good resets for me. So I, that's what worked for me, right? My balance was bust my ass, you know, take a mini trip, this, that, the other. But even on a weekly and a daily basis, like this is, it's another great point that you brought up. Cause it's, I think I'll shine the light of, from my opinion and my experiences and, I've seen this done in a lot of different ways, but every week I got boxing scheduled. I have basketball scheduled. I, you know, I go to Joel's every Sunday. We, we train, we, we talk shop, business, life, training, and then we go have dinner. You know, it's like, and it's like, unless we're both out of, I mean, we do it every Sunday. We've been doing it for years and years and years. It's like locked in, you know, there's, 
when the movies were open, like I'd always go to the movies on Friday with a bunch of friends and or solo if they didn't show up. I don't care. Like I'm going to movies. Yeah. Sa- you know, Saturdays are for usually for dinners and stuff like that. It, like I would legitimately on average be, you know, at Jay's probably every six weeks, eight weeks at the, at, at, at the least, but usually like every six weeks I'm there for, you know, four days. And th- these were just planned out things because at the end of the day, you know, like um, I, I think this is the lesson I really took from, you know, from Europe is that, this whole, you know, you, you, you work to live, you know, you don't live to work, right? Like, and people are so much better at taking time off, you know, and, and breaking bread and the, the social construct of life. And look, I, I could really like a lot of the stuff that I've been, I've been studying the last year or two has been, um, I'll, I'll jolt, jolt out a couple of books that, that are really, really good. I, I, I really enjoyed um, Together by Dr. Vivek Murthy um the former surgeon general of the u.s and um uh, the business relationships is another great one and all of them you know talk about you know how important social construct is even in uh everything from <laughs> productivity what was the second health. one it uh the the sorry the fucking feed was a little choppy what was the second uh, the business of relationships okay cool i saw you post that actually yeah and um they, you know, there's so many cross references to it, you know, that, and there's probably another two, three books that actually kind of what they were talking about, like really came together and like, Hey, you know, uh, together is, is about loneliness and the science of it and how that, I mean, it's very fascinating stuff, but <clears throat> basically, you know, the number one predictor of mortality is loneliness. Uh, it's more, you know, it's worse, like it's worse for you to be lonely. And, and of course there's categorizations and whatnot. But it's worse than if you smoke 17 cigarettes a day, than if you're obese, then you're like, you know, they found that in different countries, they did all these studies that the people had the best friendships, social circles, relationships were their healthiest, even when they didn't eat the best. Now, I'm certainly not encouraging you to not, you know, not, not train or not eat healthy and whatnot, but it just shows the power of social circles. And I think that's one of the things that's been deteriorating in certain countries, you know, and and, and really creating, uh, I would say, a, a mess in many ways, right? And from the constructs of family and friendships to health, to you name it, right? To stress and anxiety. And like I said, this is not my, my opinion. It's, this is studied left and right. So why wouldn't you? I mean, it's, it's the smartest thing to do. Like if I ask you, hey, do you love spending time with good people and great friends? It's like you'd probably be like, yeah, that's some of the best shit that, I, that you can do. Okay, great. Why are you only doing it once every two months? You know what I mean? Like why? Like my my friends in Slovenia, man, they hang out more. You know, many many times a week. Like why 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 would you not if you can't? And there, but there's this kind of like built-in thought process. And I'll speak for the U.S. because I've I've lived so many different countries around the world that you know I've, I've for years, right? So that I've had like an insight into the culture and how things operate. And here, what I found is it's almost like, well, you know, once you go to work and you get married and stuff, like it's just not what you do. And it's like, who fucking told you that? This is this is this is just like some you know well this is how things are no they're not like this is how you made them i should be able to see my friends a lot if i want to right like oh they got kids you got kids great go together like you'll see pictures of my friends they're all they're the whole everybody's hiking together with kids with you know what i mean and and i love that and it's like it's almost like going back to you know talking about life by design going like look i love what i do and like i bust my ass and i work a lot but i like when i you know i also unplug you know what i mean and i I spend time with people I love. And I, honestly, I feel like I need to do more of that. And everybody needs to do more of that. Cause you know, just in the last month, 
you know, not to go into detail, but, uh, you know, you, you constantly get reminded how short life is and people that have been, you know, close to me have passed away uh, or are, you know, passing away. And it's, and it's like, man, like one of the biggest regrets of people is like, you know, I, I, I work too much. Now, listen, it's, you will feel like a dichotomy. Hold up. What's Lucas saying? He's saying bust your ass, but then he's saying don't work too much. Now, so just hear me out because I promise you um, this will make sense. Okay. So first of all, it, it's, it shows you how important it is because when I read all these studies on this too, it's that people did work they didn't enjoy. People did work they, they didn't find meaningful. So that was part of the issue, right? It's like when you do meaningful work that matters, that's impactful, right? You're a lot more fulfilled and you don't burn out. Uh, you know, in the book, Give and Take by Adam Grant, he talks about this, right? How, uh, you know, school teachers that were in a certain district were burning out, completely burnt out because they couldn't make a difference. And, and then they actually took on more work by, by um, basically doing coursework over the week, uh, over the weekend, but it was in, in a project that was, that they were passionate about. So they picked up more work, but stopped being burnt out. Right. And that's the perfect example of like, Hey, you can work an eight hour workday and be completely miserable thinking about what you don't like doing work, this, that, the other and burn out. Or, you know, you could do a 14 hour day, love what you're doing, create an impact, you know, and, and like I said, and be very fulfilled now, once again, but you still got to find, like, what are you working for? Usually, what do we work for? I mean, security of our families, like to create experiences with our friends, right? To be able to, whatever, whatever matters to you, to fund that and be able to support that. Well, shit, just make sure you don't lose sight of why you work. You know what I mean? Apart from, like I said, the meaning that it gives you. But, you know, that, that's like COVID has given me a lot of, you know, also realizations because I haven't been able to see my family, um, like legitimately not being able to go, you know, and my parents are doing well. And I'm like, like, I will make sure I continue to go multiple times a year, go home and stay for as long as I need to. Right. So that makes you rethink stuff. But if you, you know, if you're going through life and you're, and all there is, is just like hustle, 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 and you don't enjoy stuff like, yeah, you, you yeah, you got to revisit that. Um, related concept. Actually, I'll, I'll say this too. So my parents are in Newfoundland. So that's on the East coast of Canada. And I mean, I haven't been able to go back there this year, right? I'd have to isolate for two weeks just getting there before I could even see them. And it's just not feasible right now. But a related concept, uh, you probably read the book, uh, The Upside of Stress by Kelly McGonigal, right? Yeah. And it also, what you're talking about goes into choosing your type of stress. The misconception yeah. is that stress itself is somehow bad for you. You read Sapolsky's uh, Why Zebras Don't Get Ulcers and you think, oh my God, if I ever you know, expose myself to stress ever again, I'm going to have a fucking coronary. That's not it. It's you can handle fuck tons of stress if you have a sense of control over your outcome. And if what you're doing, passionate work in both of our, our, our careers, you know, we can handle a lot of workload and a lot of stress if we feel like we are in a position and control of the outcome to be able to deal with it. It's the people who have no sense of control. They're the ones who are getting really stressed out and burned out. And there's one other thing I like to say to trainers, you get these new trainers entering the, in the industry and they're worried about burning out. It's like, don't fucking worry about burning out, worry about not starving first. And then work yourself into a position where you have to deal with burnout. But along the way, try to find fulfilling shit to the point where it doesn't even matter. I'm going to bed, you know, probably like shutting down work-related stuff lately, an hour before bed, right? I've got a lot of shit going on. I just started up email marketing stuff. You know, I'm still coaching full time. I'm running this. I've been 
I, this year was a year I said, okay, let's build some social media. Let's get uh, the following up to match everything else. Still writing for T Nation, still writing for True Coach, all this sort of shit. And trying to fit time in for my girlfriend along top, uh, along with that all. But I love it, right? And I don't feel burned out and I don't feel stressed, even though there's a lot on my plate, right? And then I see your post about how many of her fucking hours total you've done on all these different things. And I'm like, motherfucker, like I'm <laughs> all compared to this guy, right? Sometimes, and I know that's not true, but you know, anyone who, who is listening is go back and scroll through that post to see all the shit you've been doing. And then look at what you're doing and go, it's not meant to make you feel bad about your efforts, but it's to say, you know what? You could probably achieve the shit you want to achieve. You got to put a little more effort into it, right? But like you said earlier in the episode too, it's not all, not all going to happen, you know, six months into your career. A lot of the shit, like I'm on, I just ticked into year 11. I've had 10 years in the industry and I was a complete unknown in this industry for the first six and a half to seven, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, now some cool shit started to happen. This year is a big year. We'll see where we are in two, three, four, five more years. But, uh, you know, you're not going to be able to hack your way into, you know, being a household name in six months in any way, shape or form. No, and that's the mindset, right? You, even you said it, like, let's see where I'm in two, three, four more years, right? Like, yeah. I, I tell clients, like, hey, shoot, you know, think about where you're going to be in a year from now. You know, forget about months and weeks and all that stuff, right? And, and you, you bring something up where in fitness is so easy to understand capacity, like capacity as far as, hey, like you start training and you trap bar deadlift 135, you know, and, you know, three sets of 120 is like, ooh, right? And you train and you train and a year later, you know, you might be deadlifting 300 and maybe you're deadlifting 275 for five, right? Or four or whatever. I mean, what did you do? You increased your capacity, right? And we understand stress is you stress, right? You stress is good stress. So, but, you know, the, what we were talking about previously is a similar concept. It's like, Okay, here's your physical weightlifting. Cool. Here's your mental weightlifting capacity, right? So I, I can tell you right now, there's no way. I mean, even five years ago, like there's no way I could be doing the stuff that I'm doing. I mean, like I, I own a real estate company. I own a bunch of real estate. Like I have to manage a damn building and all this other shit. Like you know, and then there's like this business and that business and this and that. And I mean, there's so many things that it's even sometimes if I write them out, it's overwhelming, right? But here's the thing, capacity. I've built up the capacity to be able to mentally manage that. And then also there's an emotional capacity because once you get a team, like you, you care for the team, right? And each person has their own dreams and fears and obstacles and this, that, the other. And like, guess what? You have to, you know, when you care, you don't go like, oh, this guy's got this going on. I don't give a shit, right? You, and if you're an empath, like I am, like you take stuff on, you know what I mean? Like, and so you have to build up that emotional capacity. So that's emotional weightlifting that you got to do. Look, these are real, these are real fucking things. But I think that for people listening, if I put it in that analogy and say, dude, you go to the gym and you lift weights, great. You're building that physical capacity, mental too. I think the gym builds a lot of mental capacity, Um, but it's like, Hey, are you, are you doing like, you know, exercises for your mental weightlifting as well? Are you planning it? What about your emotional weightlifting? How are you going to build capacity you know what I mean? If you don't actually plan your workouts. Now, it's so simple to think about workouts of in the gym or condition. Same thing. You want to improve your cardio. Cool. Are you working on your capacity? Right. Like, and the thing is, what happens is that over time, you can handle more and more. And, you know, there's this compound effect effect of that, too. Now, we got guys coming to industry year one, like, yo, I'm going to do a podcast and videos and this and that. Like, well, I'll tell you what, you won't get good at anything. 
right? You won't. Like, if you want to, so, okay, hold up. You're in the industry to be a great coach, and you got to coach. You know what I'm saying? Like, now, can you do other stuff? Sure. Like, you can definitely, like, you should be able to shoot videos and do, like, technology is allowing us to do shit in so much easier ways than, like, you know, when I was talking about, like, it was, like, flip cam, video, flip the thing, put the USB in, download, upload, up, error, because there's fucking errors all the time. You know what I mean? Like, it took you, like, now it's, like, I'm training, like, I'm training my own training session. I'm training some clients. I'm like, yo, Matt, I flip them the phone, video this shit real quick. You know, your videos, two things. And I got two pieces of content, stuff that I'm actually doing. I can explain it. And in 20 minutes, I got two fucking pieces on there. Right. Period. That's it. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, can, you know, can, can you not be a great coach and still shoot content? Dude, it's easy. Like, that's an excuse. But you, but you do have to be deliberate about it. You, could, you have to practice it. But if you want to be great, great at fucking coaching, I, I don't want to hear this thing where you're trying to do the least amount of coaching possible. It makes no sense. Yo, I want to play in the NBA. And I want to do 30 minutes a day of shooting. Dude, you, you'll get destroyed at YMCA. Like, what are you talking about? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is the, the craziness that, that you, you have to, like, zoom out first and look at the big picture. And then you zoom in and go, okay, to achieve that big picture, you know, it's like Gary Vee's clouds and dirt. What, what are my clouds, man? What is my big vision? What's my North Star that's guiding me? The dirt is like, what's the work that I'm going to have to do to get there? Every day, all the time, in and out, you know, like. That, that's it. And, and it, it, can it really be that simple? Yes. And I would, I'm, I'm sure I talked about this previously, but man, the power of environments, it, it, it's, it's such an important factor that like, if you want to be, you know, get the fittest possible, go into a gym where that's a great atmosphere, great coaches, other people pushing to achieve those goals. Hey, you want to like improve your business? Like, Find a network. I mean, maybe it, it's paid, maybe it's not. Like, this is why coaching and masterminds work. Sometimes not even because of, look, you're going to get knowledge from people that are, have been there, done that, are doing it where you want to go, okay? So you get the knowledge. You get the shortcuts, the methods, the tactics. But just as powerful, if not more powerful, is the power of the group, the accountability, right? We adhere to the standards of the tribe. So if you go into a group where everybody's pushing, everybody's doing great shit, you now are like, whoa, I this is my standard now because otherwise I'll get excluded from the tribe, which is one of the most socially painful things for human beings, right? So we put ourselves into environments where the, if the environment is disciplined, you don't have to be as disciplined. James Clear talks about that, right? Go into, you show up at bigger ground, yo, you, you're going to put in work. You're going to put in work, period. More so than if you hype yourself up as much as you want to by yourself, earplug, earbuds in, all that good stuff, right? Hey, you go into our coaching program. Guess what? Just, I'm t just the environment is going to push you to want to do better and do more, get more zoned in, be more focused, you're going to be more committed, right? So same thing, like, hey, environment. When I want to chill, I live in the best state, Pacific Northwest, baby. I go into the mountains. I can't get a signal, nature, birds chirping, shit, like, Bye-bye. You know what I mean? Like environment is helping me get the result that I want. So don't make it harder on yourself than you need to. Right. And this is why you, you'll hear people saying this. And it's like, why are a, a lot of successful people saying the same things? The books that you read, the events that you go to, who are you like, you know, if I look at my phone, like records from texting right now, well, I mean, Joel, like Joel just texted me, Cressy texted me, right? Like I look at my phone calls, who I was talking to. And it's like, you know, it, it's the people 
that shape you you shape that environment and that environment shape shapes you and like when i show up for them i'm trying to be that positive influence that chisel that makes them better right and and so you, you gotta like you can't be fucking like just going through your days and going like well well things are just gonna happen no right it's just like a cookbook man like there's, there's i'm making a stew what goes into the stew okay some books productivity okay like training myself right like the stew of success, like coaching programs, I go to seminars. Okay, cool. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you got to sprinkle that shit in. You can't just, you know, fake the funk because it's going to taste crappy. And it's no substitute for the real thing, but, you know, you can also get a little bit of that virtually. A little example was the last thing I wanted to lead off, and I'm going to let you have your evening, was, you know, you and me separately were doing a very similar movement pattern, the supported single leg or Hatfield single leg uh, Bulgarian, right? And so I'd had an article put together for Chi Nation, got that published. And meanwhile, you're there doing your thing. And I'm bigger than you. I got, what, 50 pounds on you probably. And yet you're moving the same weight I am, if not better, We're kind of leapfrogging each other. And all of a sudden, here's Tony Gentlecourse sees us posting this shit. And he drops a video of him doing three plates on his one good leg as he's got a busted torn Achilles that he's rehabbing on the other. So if, if everything goes according to plan, uh, you know, I put together an article and then I wanted your contribution and Tony's contribution. So everybody listening, hopefully what we'll do is I'll be backdooring Luca and Luca could have written for T Nation if he ever wanted to. He's too fucking busy with everything else. But I'm going to backdoor you into a T Nation uh, article and uh, hopefully they'll publish it once it's all finished. Right. So but that I was by the way, I, I, I don't know if you, I don't know if you knew, but I actually could probably screen share it. So I probably wrote about 700 words last night for it. So it's in the Google Doc. Sweet. Um, I haven't yeah. had a check yet, so I can't yeah. wait. And Tony is, uh, should have his done in a couple of days too. So yeah, I got a couple, uh, uh, maybe like ten to fifteen percent to to finish it off, and and I, I think it's, it's pretty damn good. So, but I, yeah, I definitely appreciate that, man. But this is it's another thing of like collaboration stuff, right? Like, um, there's so many, you know, you you'll you'll learn. I'll definitely finish on this one. I think this is such a big lesson. Um, Dan Sullivan, you know, had this point. He he wrote a book about it. It's called. Uh, who not how uh but just that phrase in itself you know i mean you you like definitely read the book but like here's the deal right just that phrase in itself if you keep it in mind more so than ever in my life who not how resonates because now here's and i'll explain it why like i'm, I'm a person that's very very like skill driven like okay i need to learn a skill set fuck it let me go dive and learn that skill set there comes a point in time and there's just certain skill sets you don't need to learn you shouldn't learn you should get a who Right. So that's the who, not how, who, and, and as you grow and as things start happening and, you know, if you're a coach in the industry, you want to have your own gym um, or even like, you're just getting a ton of, you do well, you get more and more coaching clients, hire an admin, hire a person that does all this stuff that you don't like doing. You aren't great at find, find that who find a customer experience who, right. Uh, in your business, who's, the, you know, who's the fitness director, the GM online. I can tell you right now that certain things that we're working on right now wouldn't be possible uh, without without me just completely like burning out because it's just so many only so many hours in the day. But there's people that can do stuff that you can't do. And like I want to spend time in my genius. You should spend time in your genius. And you know if I can do more of less, meaning I got to do more of just the things that I'm the absolutely best at, enjoy doing, keep getting better at those things, and find the who's for those other things. You know and in one area is like me and Krebs, you know, we compliment each other. He does stuff that I don't like doing. I do stuff he doesn't necessarily like doing. We're, we're kind of one plus one equals three. 
Uh, there's some, there's some other businesses now that I do stuff in and, and like, you know, the more I realize, I'm like, man, I can't, you know, it's just impossible to do. Find your who's and don't just try to go how. Like all of a sudden you're trying to be the best manager on the planet. Somebody's better than that. So all of a sudden you're trying to be the, you know, run to all the Facebook ads and shit, like hire it out. Like, you know what I mean? Unless, um, you know, unless you really enjoy doing it, you, you know, if you enjoy it, I still do some creative work and make banners and shit because I like it. You know what I mean? But the rest of it is like, hey, look, I outsource it, right? And you got to find those who's and not always think how. Uh, and I promise you, that's another way of like really, really getting ahead. Um, and it can change your life. Seriously. All right. Remind people where to find you. Who? Okay. So, I mean, definitely like I'll, I'll just, I'll, I'll share the stuff that I'm most active on. So Instagram is definitely one of them. Uh, at Luca Hosevar, L-U-K-A-H-O-C-E-V-A-R. Um, the Vigor Life podcast, uh, that, that's definitely very relevant. Um, on the Vigor Ground, so it's Vigor Ground Fitness and Performance, share a ton of videos on there. Uh, and then YouTube has been one that's essentially, like I said, not only that I put every video thing that I do on there pretty much, I mean, anything that's, that's kind of on the, on the free platforms. Um, and now we're organizing it, adding a bunch more stuff. I mean, there's 1300 videos there. Uh, it, it, it's, it's a lot. It's, every week I probably add anywhere from, you know, five to seven, whether it's a simple exercise or explaining a coaching thing. Sometimes it's full blown 30 minute vlogs around business systems. I mean, it's a lot of stuff. Um, so those, those are kind of the main ones. Vigorgroundfitness.com is the, is the gym site, but it's also where all the podcasts, blogs, stuff like that gets posted. Um, and either of those, you can reach me. And I'm always, you know, when people reach out, like, look, I appreciate it. If you, if you hear this podcast and you got some questions, shoot them my way. I, now I may not be able to answer them all personally. Uh, I, but here's what I will do. You know, I take that stuff and I create content for it. You know, whether it's a coach or business owner, uh, you know, I'll, I'll we'll do Q and a podcast episodes of the, of the questions that pile up and, and just try to deliver content to the marketplace that helps you guys move forward in whatever area it is that you want to move forward at basically whether it's fitness or business and uh, I always appreciate it guys I, I say that loud because you know if you are a coach that's really a lot of what you should be doing is like finding the problems that people have and then solving those problems for free uh, and you know that could be a whole nother episode of why why you should probably do that like give your best stuff away um, I really really believe in that um, and, you know, and I'll give you the quick three reasons why. Number one is when you do, people should see that you have a system and a framework and that builds confidence. Number two, they see that you're confident because, hey, if you're willing to give your best stuff away, it means you really know your shit. Number three is that a lot of times people won't be able to do it even if you give them everything because there's so many factors that help people change. And guess what they do? They'll reach out to you because you were the person that helped them. So that's the, you know, the three-step philosophy of why you should give your best stuff away and, and don't, don't get, don't be afraid to do that. Yeah, no, I, fuck, I mean, I've been enjoying the, the hell out of all the free stuff you've been doing. And then, you know, one of the big things I did is I said, fuck it, I'm going to, you know, buy a ticket for this event and I'm going to come down and, and hang out. And, you know, as soon as all this shit is sorted out in the universe and I can come back down again, you know, that's going to be one of the first, you know, items on my menu. I wanted to be there this year. Couldn't happen. You did it virtually. And, uh, you know, I, I like the in-person stuff. I like the networking stuff and I'm excited about that. So thanks always, you know, I appreciate having you on. Uh, you'll be back in the future. I got a lot of people, to get through, but I'll, I'll be having you back. I know you're a busy man. Everybody go follow, check out what Luca's doing, especially the people who've been plugged into a lot of the stuff I'm doing on content creation and, and whatnot. Luca does that stuff even better than I do it. So go check out what he's doing. 
Uh, make sure you get me on social media. Uh, I'm on Instagram, Andrew Coates Fitness. And thanks for continuing to listen. I appreciate it. Uh, you know, share this with someone that you know that would get a lot from this episode. And if you're brand new and just checking this episode out, you know, check out some of the other stuff we've done um, more recently, and maybe you'll stick around and subscribe. Thanks, Luke. I appreciate it. My pleasure, brother. Thank you.